it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 4.4 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, one of the basketball coaches at Indiana Wesleyan. Today's episode will take listeners inside the transition to college with freshmen Isaiah Payton and Seth Maxwell. They will talk about the challenges of junkyard workouts, intense practices, and time management. Coach Tonegal will join in the second half to share why he is so intentional as a coach in pushing guys outside of their comfort zones and how it sets them up for future growth. We're joined now by freshmen Seth Maxwell and Isaiah Payton, and we're talking about the transition to college and the different ways that players, as they transition, are stretched out of their comfort zone. So let's go all the way back to June, guys. You you obviously got to come here in June. Uh, you had just graduated from high school, and you're thrown on campus here into our workouts, into camps, into relationship with the players. What do you guys remember about that time? Um, I think of learning discipline pretty fast. We learn not to be late right away, <laughs> and we learned that um, we just need to have each other's backs. And those junkyards, those can be tough, but it was good to have those uh, leaders just to have those, the energy to bring us through it. And Isaiah, you, you obviously come from one of the top programs in the country, and you'd been demanded a lot of, and you had understood discipline, but uh, what was your perspective that first junkyard workout when you got thrown in it? Um, it was just a lot of stuff getting thrown at me at that time, and I just, my mom was everywhere at that point. Yeah, so, so you go through this entire month, and um, it's really designed to get you prepared for when you come back in September, because you get to know your teammates, we go deeper in Team Devos, we... we go through the workout plan. So how did you feel like that month prepared you for when you did come back in September? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was just getting to know the guys so we can come in. Like, I think most teams, if you come in as a freshman, you go right into like the preseason and you don't know the guys and you have to get used to them on the court. But I was able to hang out with them off the court, do devotionals together at Coach T's house and things like that. So that really helped like ease my way into the freshman year. But then in the last episode, we talked about the Dominican trip with, with Jonathan. Even that trip is designed to take us out of our comfort zone and, and make us experience things as a team that we might not otherwise experience. So how did that stretch you, Isaiah, uh, as you went on on this trip with the team? I had to uh, step out of myself and really just help others and just make sure I had a team of guys behind me, helping me along the way. And just that's just I feel like that's all it's all about, just having that trust in your guys. So let's transition then to, to September. You guys move back and you're starting class for the first time. And not only are you taking college-level courses for the first time, there's a level of discipline that's required because there's multiple workouts, there's weight room, there's practice, and you have all these things on your plate. What was the biggest way you were stretched when you first transitioned to college? Um, definitely time management is a huge one. I'm still learning that now, um, especially with classes and things like that. Um, you need to find time to get those extra reps and like get in the get in the weight room and stuff. I think um, I learned a lot from this year. I definitely made mistakes. I definitely didn't do things perfect. So I'm able to think about those things and reflect on them and uh, change them for next year. What about you, Isaiah? How about just time management in general? What were, what were the ways you were stretched? Um, 
just doing stuff during the day, not waiting till night, or just not um, procrastinating. As we moved along and, and started practice, I, I think of you specifically, Isaiah, because not only do you have to learn a new terminology, learn a new offense, learn a new defense, you had to do it playing against Joel Okafor every single day in practice. And I don't even want to give that guy a high five because it hurts, let alone guard him for two hours a day. What was it like to have that challenge of, of having him hounding you every single time you had the ball? Easily just a great singer, just a great defender. It was really hard just going up against him every day. It really pushed me to become a better basketball player, and I hope I gave him some of my ball too. So. <laughs> how, how about you, Seth? You obviously were playing against your brother. Yeah. and. In general, you guys came into a team that was operating at a high level, and that in itself is going to stretch you out of your comfort zone just because there's a greater level of demand to play well when you're playing against that competition. Yeah, um, I think it helped that I was playing against my brother because I've been playing against him all my life, and I like know his tendencies. But definitely, once we get to this intensity level, it's a lot different, and um, especially since he had strength on me, I had to fight against him in the post. and. I definitely learned a lot of new things this year that I didn't know the year before. Was there a moment for either of you guys in practice when, whether it was a drill or a scrimmage, where you just really felt stretched the most? I would have to say, I think it was a game. We were about to play Huntington. We were running scrimmage. And it was me, John, Seth, and I think Michael Zidney, and I forget who else. But it was we're, uh, it was a late game situation. We haven't been in a lot of those, so we um, we didn't really execute like we wanted to. And we talked about it at the end, and uh, I remember just I remember it being my fault, and because I'm a point guard, I'm supposed to run. <laughs> it's always your fault. <laughs> yeah. So so just at the end, uh, just trying to put it on myself, try to learn from those experiences. So um, yeah, I think of a a drill where I was just like guarding a ball screen and we had to keep doing it until I got it right <laughs> and I just like couldn't get it right so I just kept going and uh, my energy levels were like low at that point and um, that's when I kind of learned to just humble myself and like tell my guys like I'm struggling with energy can you guys help me out and um, that was a huge point in my uh, freshman career where I just learned how to lean on other people for strength. And part of the design of to transition to college is to really stretch you because you're coming in and there's high-level games coming up quick, so we design it in a way where it's going to be uncomfortable. You're not going to succeed all the time, but often that's how you grow. So how did you feel yourself growing throughout that time when you were stretched so far outside of what you were used to? Uh, I think it's just important to get out of your comfort zone whenever you can. And obviously we don't – like naturally put ourselves out of our comfort zone so it was really good for the coaches to kind of force us to and we definitely grew a lot through that and just stretching our abilities and doing things that we we couldn't do at the time now we learn how to do them but my hunch is this probably at times led to doubt where you struggled with belief in yourself because you obviously were coming Isaiah from a, a phenomenal high school season where you guys achieved the ultimate goal in winning a championship set you as well I'm sure coming in here all of a sudden and not having that success led you to doubt yourself at times. Um, just, I would say some self-confidence, some of it's self-confidence, some of it's just trust, but uh, once you gain both of those over throughout, like, just being with you guys, that's why we have Team Divas and everything, so we can 
build that trust and build that foundation that if you make a mistake, we got your back. And that's just how the whole season went last year. And that's just how comfortable it was just playing with the guys. So We're obviously going to be working through the rest of the season. And you guys are going to appear again at different times. But let's move forward to next year. When you come back and you get to go through these experiences again. You've already been stretched to this level this past September. What do you think it'll be like going through it the second time? Um, I was talking to Jonathan about this last night. Just the fact that um, our team isn't just like senior leaders and then everyone else following. And I think this year we'll learn how to, like us as freshmen, I think we'll step up into a bigger role. Even if like even if we're not on the court necessarily, I think off the court we can be we can step up as leaders, organizing Bible studies and um, just having energy for practices and junkyards and lifts and just building other people up. And that's what Coach Channel is going to be coming on in the second half to talk about is just why do we stretch our players out of these comfort zones? What's the value of, of really getting out of comfort zone in terms of growth over the course of an entire career? This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one-minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG president, Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're joined again by Coach Tonegal. Coach, in the first half we heard from Seth and Isaiah, they talked about the transition to college and how challenging it can be not only to leave home, but then be thrown in some tough environments. And there's developed a pattern where we try to put them in challenging environments that really stretch them. Why do you think it's so valuable to put them out of their comfort zone? Well, I think if you just take an inventory of your own life, I'd even challenge the listeners to think about the times they have grown the most. You know, the seasons of life where they've, they've saw change in their own lives. I think all of us would say those have been the difficult moments, the, the times of life where I faced adversity. And none of us, I don't think if it's our choice, we choose it. But as we look back, we probably wouldn't trade those moments because those are the times where we grew the most. So as a coach, you feel like you have a responsibility to stretch guys out of their comfort zone. So let's take one example, junkyard workouts. It's probably something different than a, a player's ever experienced. They come in, they're new on campus, and they get thrown in. What's going through your mind as a coach? And what do you think is going through their mind as a freshman? Well, they got the deer in headlight look, <laughs> and they're scared to death. Um, just because they, I think they sometimes think we're crazy. But the fact that we're doing it with them, I think, alleviates a little bit of that fear. But as a coach, I'm, I'm just looking for where's their mind going right now. It's going to go one, two places. It's either going to turn inward and say, woe is me, this isn't fair. Or it's going to project onto something bigger and greater. Uh, and hopefully they're teammates in that moment. And so we learn a lot about each other during junkyards. I remember one this past June with Seth. Uh, and he and Evan were teammates and the first junkyard, he had he had struggled through a little bit. And this second, there was a moment where out of nowhere, they were doing, I think, a farmer's carry. 
and he just starts sprinting and yelling and brought this new level of energy. What do you see in guys in the moments like those? I think Seth would tell you he discovered that he had a whole nother level he could tap into. Now, it's not natural and it's not easy for him to tap into that, but all of a sudden he kicked it into another gear. And uh, I think what comes out of that is some confidence. They, they tend to look at themselves like, you know what, there's more than what I've been giving and there's, there's another place I can go to. And there's something about being a, just a human being of when you tap into that, I guess, un, untapped potential, you reach it. You want more of that, and you want to experience that again. And problem is, you can't do it alone. You can't just go out and do your own junkyard. You got to be surrounded by a group of guys. You got to be challenged way beyond your comfort zone. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, it, it takes somebody else to pull that out of you. One thing that's always fun is when we bring recruits on campus, and they're able to go through junkyards because we get to see a little bit about how they're going to respond. What are you looking for in a recruit or a young guy in those moments? Well, it's not whether or not you're going to fail. It's what are you going to do when you fail. Um, and that's the same thing throughout season. So all of us are going to fail. We're going to reach that point where maybe we didn't quite uh, make our goal. But where do we turn? Do we turn inward or do we turn outward? And, and to watch recruits come in and just experience maybe a level of fatigue or pain that they didn't know was possible, but then where do they turn immediately? Do you, do you stay encouraged? Do you stay with your teammates? If you do, you're going to survive. If you don't, you're not going to survive, and it's going to hurt, and it's not going to be fun. So not many do turn down that path, but, man, it's, it's regrettable if they do. We've been talking a lot about this box versus line mentality, and this is where it gets tricky because some people hear line mentality and say, well, just let people do what they want, but there's a high level of expectation that you're talking about right now. How do you find this balance as you stretch guys from their comfort zones? Sometimes they're going to fail – What's that balance you're looking for in terms of moving guys along but still having this high level of expectation? I think that perspective really redefines how we see failure. So if you're in the box and you fail, then you label yourself as a failure because you're in or out. So therefore, you're not a strong athlete anymore if you fail in junkyard or if you have a bad shooting day, it's, well, I'm just not a good shooter. But if it's on the line failure all of a sudden becomes an opportunity. Failure actually becomes a good thing because when you fail, it doesn't necessarily um, identify you as a failure. It just shows you where you need to improve upon. And so um, seeing yourself, look, I'm not either or right now. Here's where I'm at, but I'm still moving forward. Gives you a sense of hope and confidence that you can ultimately become the type of shooter you want to become or the type of uh, athlete that you want to become. So speak to the coach who has an athlete who has put themselves in that box. They are a failure. What do you do to try to help them get out of that way of thinking? Well, it's you know so much of this is similar to growth mindset. I think many educators out there are familiar with uh, Carol Dweck uh, talked about having a fixed or growth mindset, and it, it it really starts with the way we we think about ourselves. And so it can't be an either or. It can't be I either am a good enough shooter or I am not. It's what do I need to work on. Who am I becoming? And we're constantly asking that question. Who am I becoming? So I go 0 for 10 one game, and I go 10 for 10 the next game. It's not I'm either one of those. It's who am I becoming? How can I grow and continue to be consistent? And as a coach, i got to create that space and allow them to. I can't be coaching them with a box mentality because I'm only exacerbating uh, the problem. But what if you have a player that he goes 0 for 10, and his mind just goes to that place that that's who he is, and then he comes up to your office, and you can just see – he has a fixed mindset. How do you help him switch that? 
Well, I think a lot of it's the language that, that we coach with. Um, if we put too, em- too much emphasis on what he's doing or not doing, then he begins to, to perceive himself as that. And once again, it goes back to the idea of who he is becoming. It's becoming overdoing. Um, and we've talked about this. We tend to read the word the same way. We pick up the Bible and we say, what do I need to do or what haven't I done? And if we constantly read the Bible that way, then we begin to see our own spiritual growth as I'm either a believer now or I'm not a believer now. Um, but rather, who am I becoming? As I read uh, these commandments, who am I becoming? As I read these, these uh, things that God is calling me to, who, who is God calling me to become in Christ? And this, it's a long journey. The journey is never marked by perfection. It's about progress. And I think I can mark, those, uh, mark my progress along the way with the help of somebody else. Last thing, Coach, speak to the joy as a coach when you see your player grow in one of these ways. So if you look at Trevor Waite this year as compared to a couple years ago and how he responds to failure, what does that produce inside of you as a coach? Man, that's the paycheck I think we all want um, as coaches. And I think having kids now, we're both starting to see these these men as our own sons. And you begin to look at them with a deeper appreciation and maybe even more empathy and it's not about them um, performing to help me out in any way. It's about me helping them and unlocking new levels of freedom. And so when I see a player let go of something that's been holding him into bondage, whether it's the box uh, mindset or whether it's just a performance identity, it's exciting. It's, it's very gratifying, and it really reminds me of why we're coaching in the first place. On our next episode... You'll hear about the father-son retreat. Joel Okafer and Coach Tonega will talk about the weekend in the first half, with Joel explaining his decision to get baptized with the team on the retreat. In the second half, freshman Luke Stevens and Logan Cruz will share about the weekend and will explain the power in seeing a leader like Joel take such a bold step in front of the team. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, Please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWOO Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWOOHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at IWOOHoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, first find a way to be third.